not being afraid of man, not being um, uh, intimidated and caring, don't care what people think. Hallelujah. People are going to think what they're going to think no matter what you do anyway. So you might as well live big for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we hadn't put God up in a few weeks, so we'll put God on the board tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Give all God all the glory. Hallelujah. God is light and there is no darkness in him, neither uh, any shadow of turning. The Bible says, uh, I am the Lord. I change not. He doesn't change. Hallelujah. Do you thank God we don't have to try to change him? We don't have to go to prayer and try to change God and try to get Him to bless us. He already decided how He decided. He's already set the laws of the universe in motion. He's already set the laws of the Spirit in motion. And you're not going to change any of them. And you know, if you don't cooperate with them, you're going to be going upstream. You're going to go and be going against the flow. You're going to be, and you're not going to be a happy person, and you're not going to have success in life, and you're not going to have success in your prayers. And you know, most of the church is trying to change God, trying to get Him to do what they want Him to do. And you know, we're not going to change Him. So we need to start cooperating with Him. Amen. And sometimes the people, sometimes people are trying to change God trying to get him to do something he was already willing to do. In fact, something he already did. Amen. You don't have to talk God into saving people. You don't have to talk God into loving people. You don't have to talk God into healing you or any other person. Amen. You don't have to talk him into it. Hallelujah. Now we what say, well, why aren't all of us healed? Because we all need to learn how to receive better. We need to learn we need to work on the receiver, not the giver. It's the receiver we've got to change. Amen. And you know, I'm learning to receive better, but I'm not receiving at full capacity. And I know you're learning to receive better. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are learning. Glory to God. Well, praise God for progress. We ought to be making progress. We ought to be have, making spiritual progress. We ought to be developing. Amen. We ought to be having more and more revelation, more and more light. God's got the light turned up in these last days. Even in the last year, the light's been turned up. I'm telling you, even I can notice a difference when I just go to read my Bible. It's like, wow, stuff I've never known or understood or saw before I'm seeing when I go to open. The light's been turned up. The light's been turned up. We're in the end days. The Bible says in Proverbs that uh, the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. The closer it gets to Jesus coming back, the, the path's getting brighter and brighter. The world's getting darker and darker, and our path is getting brighter and brighter. And you know what? The darker it gets out there, the more you shine. You stick out. Amen. And you know, um, people will be drawn to you because... Bugs are always drawn to the light. And so some people may bug you a little bit because they'll be drawn to your light. So if somebody's bugging you, it's because they're drawn to your light. Hallelujah. And so they're bugging you a little bit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's see. I'm gonna, I know where I'm at, but i got to turn a few pages. Okay. Okay. Um, we're going to take a whole different direction than we took last week. Are y'all okay with that? We talked last week about we got over there and some stuff, but I'm not even going to go there tonight in any way. So I want to talk about the, the spirit, soul, and body just a little further, a little deeper, a little more. And there we have a body, and we have a soul, we have a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Amen. And so this is the real you. 
Your body's not the real you. It's just a tent. The Bible calls it a tent in one place. It's just a, it's just a container, if you would, a vessel. It's just holding the spirit man. But if you lose it, you're not gonna, you lose your authority in the earth and you're not able to stay if you lose the body. So we do have to take care of it some. But we, uh, we need to pay more attention to the inner man. Because it's the inner man that puts life into the soul and into the, the body. It's the inner man that feeds and, and, and puts light out into our soul and into our body. And Paul called the inner man the hidden man of the heart. He called, he said, I buffet my body. You know, that nearly sounds like he's talking about another person. He, like, I pet my dog. And, and, that, and the reason it sounds that way is because he was saying, the real me, I take charge of my body. I buffet my body. I tell my body what to do. I don't let my body tell me what to do. I tell my body what to do. I tell my body, get up and go to church. See, a lot of people are letting their body tell them what to do. A lot of people said tonight, they said, they said, you're tired, stay home. That was the body talking, that wasn't the spirit. You know, the Bible says the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. So we got to take charge of the flesh. I know I was tired tonight. I mean, my body said, you ought to sit right here. But you know, there's something about getting in the presence of God and singing the praises of God. You know, before I ever got up on this stage, I was charged up. My body was not tired anymore all of a sudden. And I mean, I was tired, tired. Because I have had more company in the last two weeks than I've had in the last ten years. I got some more Sunday night that I didn't know was coming. Come home, press the answering machine. Somebody was in town. They said they's passing through town, and and uh, they came over Sunday night, stayed till midnight, and then we spent the whole day with them yesterday. And my tongue was hanging out. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, I was like. And then I had to play catch up today. All the work I didn't get done yesterday because I had company. I had to do it today, and so. But I had to tell my body. I had to say, body, you don't have a choice. Well, it's easy when you're preaching. I mean, because you know you got to show up. You know, so it's a little easier when you're preaching, but all of us are supposed to be living like that where we start telling our body what to do. Yeah. Amen. And we start telling our body, we start telling our body things like body, line up to the word of God. Yes. Body, you're healed. Body, respond to the word of God. Commanding your body. I command you, body, respond to the word of God. I command you to respond to the anointing body. I command you, body, body, you come in line. I command you organs to function. I command my heart to function. See, that's you can do that because the real you can talk to the vessel that's just holding you. Amen? And make your body line up. My husband, you know, I'll tell him, uh, I'll say, well, I couldn't go to sleep last night because, see, I get company. And I get, I, mean, I guess I'm easily excitable or something. And, and we had company that are real... Uh, sanguine, if you if you know what I'm talking about, real uh, and fun and real lively and and make you laugh. And we just laughed and laughed and laughed. Well, when they went home, I was just wired. They left at twelve, and like I mean, at two o'clock, I'm still just like this. And Pastor says, "Tell yourself to go to sleep." So I'm learning to tell myself to go to sleep, but he's better at telling himself. He, can, he, he don't even have to tell himself. He lays down and shuts his eyes and he's gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, and uh, don't wake him up in the middle of the night. 
because he turns into another man. He seems real nice, y'all, in these services. But wake him up in the middle of the night and he'll say things he will deny. And uh, Yeah, and he, he will. And he will say, and I'll, I'll tell him, turn over. Why? And, and he knows why, but he will always say, why? And I say, you're snoring. And he says, and he says I didn't even go to sleep yet. Why do all men say that? I've heard more people say that men, they didn't even go to sleep yet and they're already snoring. You know, hallelujah. That is just a man thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Another day, Carter and Eric took a nap together and they was fighting over who snored. Carter was swearing Eric snored and Eric was saying, no, it was you. And they were just, you know, hallelujah. I think all men do. Anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Well, I don't know what I was talking about. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, so we have this inward man, and he's the important one. And God deals with the inward man. He's not much as much concerned about your flesh. Of course, he wants your flesh to be healthy, and he wants you to, and you know, but um, God deals with the inward man. And the spiritual things that God wants to show you, they are revealed to the inner man. Amen. And the Holy Spirit lives in the inner man. He lives in the hidden man. He lives in the hidden man. And you cannot see your spirit man. And by faith, you have to believe these things. You have to go to the Word of God and believe these things by faith because you cannot see the inner man. Um, the spirit of man receives communication and guidance from God. When God wants to tell you something, He puts it in your spirit. And, and then your, but your, your mind and your soul, or your mind that is in your soul, has to, has to respond to what the Spirit's saying. And so sometimes I know you've had the, the whole, the, God's talking to us all the time. And we're just not, we haven't practiced hearing from Him. But we need to practice hearing from God. And you know, uh, you can do it on little things. Like you can, wives, you can say, now Holy Spirit... Show me what time my husband's going to get home tonight. You know, maybe if he has a job where he don't get home the same time every day. You can just use things like that to practice hearing the Holy Spirit. And it takes practice to hear the Holy Spirit. And at first, you won't be that good at it. You know? And uh, I know I always, when somebody tells me they're pregnant, I always like, ask the Holy Spirit, okay, Holy Spirit, what's it going to be? Is it a boy or a girl? And I'll ask the Holy Spirit to show me. And, 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 and as I, because I want thing, I want to practice hearing him. And you know, I want to practice on things that aren't life, where my life's not hanging in the balance. So that when my life is in the balance, I can hear him. And I'm used to hearing his voice. And so we ought to consult the Holy Spirit on things that, you know, because there's things that you go, well, I don't think God, you know, God cares where I go to the grocery store today. He don't, probably. But on the other hand, I need, to, I need to learn to listen so I can say, Lord, where do you want me to buy groceries today? And listen. And then, you know, when you listen and you think you hear, don't say, well, yeah, but God, that's clear across town. You know, you've got to be willing to respond to what He says. Amen? And so we practice. We practice hearing the Holy Spirit. Amen? And the more you practice, though, you see, you'll get used to hearing the Holy Spirit, and so you'll find yourself uh, like a... Like I'll sometimes be going to church and uh, I'll think, uh, well, I need to talk to so-and-so tonight about something at church. And something inside of me, I'll have a little thought come up, they won't be there. 
And I won't even think about it. But then when I get to church and they're not there, I'll go, I knew that. I knew that. God, I, that was already in my heart that they wouldn't be there. Amen? Or, uh, or somebody will tell me, they're, they're, you know, somebody will say, uh, my dad will say, I'm coming, I'm going to come next month to visit y'all from Texas. But, you know, as a couple of weeks ahead of time, I'll think, I'll know in my heart they're not coming. Before he even tells me they're not coming, I'll know in my heart they're not coming. You know, just knowing these things ahead of time and practicing hearing you, and you can hear him. This is, there's not a, you know what, folks? There's not a special anointing on preachers to live. There's a special anointing on preachers to preach. But there's not a special anointing to live. We have to live just like you have to live. We have to hear God just like you have to hear God. We have to believe for finances just like you have to believe for finances. We have to believe for healing just like you have to believe for healing. Amen? There's not a special anointing to live. And Oral Roberts, you know, he had a special gift for getting the sick healed. He still does. I mean, I didn't mean past tense, but he has a special gift. But when it came to receiving for himself, he had a hard time. Used to. He said that publicly. Said, you know, I don't know. I, when I go to receive for myself, I don't know how to do it. Because, see, he's got to receive for himself just like you receive for yourself. His gift doesn't op- His gift operates for the masses. It didn't operate for him. Amen. And so there's so 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 it's so we all got to grow up together and we've all got to learn together and you have to hear God's voice. And thank God there's help along the way. Thank God there's prophecy. There's uh, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. There's things in church that God will give through ministers that will boost us along. But uh, we have to but we have to hear God for ourselves. It's so important that you don't depend on other people. A lot of times husbands want to depend on their wife to do all the hearing from God. Because wives seem to be more spiritual sometimes. They mean they're more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Actually, they're most more sensitive to the spirit realm. They're also more sensitive to the devil. That's why men and women get in trouble more quicker than their husbands. And that's why God gave us men to give us, keep us balanced and keep us on track and hallelujah. Because they're not as they're they're a little more uh uh what do you call it? They're a little more uh, help me with the word. No, not intelligent. What's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> uh, what's wrong with you? Hey, <laughs> you're gonna fail this class if you say that again. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're more. Um, help me, huh? No, no. Women are more intuitive. No, women are more sensitive. They're more rational. They're more uh, logical. That's my word. Men are more logical in their thinking. Amen. And sometimes, so when. Well, you <laughs> must have been anointed, mustn't it? Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit couldn't think of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Men are more logical. So God gave us both sides, and we need both. Amen. So when women are single, they need to listen to their pastor. Because they don't have that husband giving them balance. And women, you're not, you, you need to listen to your husband. He's not, you're not, and you know, sometimes we will hear God, you know, maybe sometimes quicker because we're more sensitive to that spirit realm. But like I said, more sensitive to the devil too. And can be used by the devil if we're not careful. Hallelujah. So we don't want to be used by the devil, do we, women? <laughs> Y'all are helping me. Hallelujah. Turn to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Don't know how I got there. Amen. No. We need each other in the body of Christ. 
Hallelujah. And I, I rely on my husband all the time. And he, he lets me speak into our lives and lets me help as far as hearing God and, and, and uh, things. But I rely on him. I go to him for wisdom and, and turn to him. And he gets me balance, you know. Hallelujah. Proverbs 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So um, it's your spirit is the candle of the Lord. Now, you know, this is what they used for light back then when the Bible was written. So if we wrote it today, we'd probably say the spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. That's where the light comes on in the spirit man. Amen. Uh, uh, Then to Psalm 18, verse 28. The spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to know that. We need to know that. Because then we, you know, and 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 cause in that way we recognize when things aren't right, when we know that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. Uh, uh, and when we know God is on the inside of us, folks. So we, a lot of times in our songs that are out there in the body of Christ, there's a lot of songs that are written by people who don't know who they are in Christ. And so they're singing things like, reach out and touch the Lord as He walks by. You ever heard that song? You don't need to reach out and touch the Lord as He walks by. Just look right down here on the inside. Like one preacher said, the reason we bow our head when we pray is is so because we're looking on the inside for guidance. When you're wanting to hear from God and you say, Father, give me wisdom, don't, don't think, look down here. Look in your heart. You have to practice looking in your heart. And I practice looking in my heart. I practice looking in my heart. Like I said about the babies, I'll go, I'll look down here. I don't try to think it through. I don't try to say, well, I feel like it is, you know, because if you go into that realm, you go, well, now they got three boys, so they need a girl. See, I thought that through. But if I look in my heart, you know, and I go, okay, and here's how I'll go. I'll go, it's a boy, and I'll see how that feels right there. I'll see how it sets in my spirit, you know, and then, and, or I'll go, and then I'll, I'll pause a minute, and I'll go, it's a girl. And I go, ah, yeah, ooh, and that's how, you know, I'll have that, ah. And you, now this is, now here's my point on boy and girl thing. If it's your own grandkid, I couldn't even hear Cause see, I had this like, mm, we need a girl. We need a girl. You know, we've had we've had all these boys all these years. To I, Michael's one of three boys. I have two boys, and then first grandson. Like, we need a girl. I couldn't hear. I could. I, I couldn't even find my spirit when I was. You know, when it come I, when it came to grandkids, I couldn't even find. It's like I'm not even gonna think about it because I'm I'm too emotionally involved in this. I'm just too emotionally involved. I can't figure, I, but somebody else now, if you come in and tell me you're pregnant, if Kevin comes to me, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm picking on him. No. Yeah, well, you know, Arnold got, wasn't that some movie where he, you know, anyway, I didn't see the movie. I just saw the advertisement. Anyway, <laughs> y'all are, anyway, I think there was a movie like that. There was, okay. Anyway, I'm hot up here. Y'all are my, <laughs> Rachel, I'm hot now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Somebody that I don't, I'm not emotionally involved. I don't care if you have a boy or you have a girl. See, I'm not emotionally involved. I can hear God. Amen. And that's why, bring me to this point. If it's something that you're emotionally involved, am I supposed to marry this girl? 
you better listen to wise counsel. Because God, you know, sometimes God can't get through to people that, no, 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 no. He cannot get through to them. Because they're, you know, if you, and that's why you don't let your soul, you guard your soul. And you don't let your soul get involved. Because see, your emotions can get stirred up. And then you can even get the body stirred up. Boy, you can get the hormones raging. And the motion and the, and the love hormones, or the love the love stuff are raging. You can get all that raging so that you couldn't hear God. He could, he could speak audibly and you'd be, duh. And so that's why God's given us wise counsel. But I, uh, I'm sorry to say that most people, by the time they get to that point, they don't care. You know, they're not going to listen. And so they marry and then it didn't work. Okay. Anybody understand that? Psalm 18, 28. And there's other things. So guard your soul. Get yourself submitted to God. Don't get so impassioned over a, a, car, a new car that you have to have your car and you're not even going to listen. Because He's in the inside of you and He won't let you buy a lemon if you'll listen to Him. And He's not going to deny you anything. I mean, if He says no to this car, there's another one coming. And it'll be better and it'll be, it'll be, and it won't be a lemon. It'll work. Amen. Amen. But so many people have not submitted their will to God and they're not, they don't trust Him. They don't trust Him to be a good God. They don't trust Him to have their best interest at heart and they want their way and they want it now and they're not trusting God. And you're going to have to trust Him. And you know, when he doesn't tell us no to something like a car because he wants to deny us and I just want to test you and I just want to see if, and I, and I don't, and you need to, you need to suffer a little. That's not why. He always, if he ever says no to us, it's to guard us from something that's going to cause us pain or that's going to cost us money. Or it's going to be a thorn in the flesh. Did anybody ever have a car that was a thorn in the flesh? Because you're in the shop all the time. God don't give you cars like that. Right. Amen. So we have to listen to God. And He'll keep you from making bad business deals. And listen, I know this from experience because Pastor and I have listened to God before and had things work great. And we have not listened before and had things turn on us. And, 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 and you know the thing about God, He is so good that even when we didn't listen, and he and he, and we did something that that later we go. I know God was telling us not to. You know what? He was so good to get us out of it, help us get out of the mess. But sometimes it took some time, and it cost us a lot of money. But He still helped us get through it, and you know, get it paid back, and get it and get back to even again. And we have setbacks when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, Psalm uh, eighteen, verse twenty-eight. We're all learning. For thou wilt light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. He wants to, he wants to shed light on all the darkness in your light, in your life, in your life, not in your light. He wants to shed light on it. He wants to lighten the darkness around you. And he wants, but we gotta listen to him. And sometimes we have, to, we have to say no to things that our flesh really wants. We have to say no to things that our soul really wants. We have to walk away from relationships sometimes. We have to walk away from friendships sometimes. Yes. Uh, you know, my mom, um, she taught me 
and she did not know this from a spiritual standpoint. She was not that mature as a Christian, but I don't know why she knew this, but she knew it. And she told me she when I was like getting ready to get to dating age, she said, don't ever date a man that you would not be willing to marry, that you don't want to marry. If you don't want him to be your husband, don't ever even date him. And she told me the reason for that was, she said, because you could fall in love. And then once you fall in love, you'll marry him, even though that's not really the kind of man you wanted to marry. And so uh, she told me not to. Well, in high school, uh, there was guys that would ask me for dates that 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 I would look at them after she told me that, and I would go... You know, because you know when you're in high school, especially when you're first starting out and you hadn't had a lot of dates, it's like, I just want a date. You know, I just don't want to be that girl that's sitting home on Friday night while everybody else has a date, you know? And so, um, <clears throat> and <laughs> so I remember one guy in particular, and I remember his family, and I looked at, and it was a little town, so, you know, I can look at his, and I looked at his family, and I said, mm-mm-mm. And so I just said no. And I didn't go on a date with him because my mama had said. And so, see, we guard our soul and we just don't ever let ourselves get be put in a position. You know, if you don't ever go to an X-rated movie, then you're not going to have to cast down thoughts that have been planted in your mind. If you don't ever watch a scary show, uh, you know, like a horror movie, you don't have to cast down thoughts of fear. Fears, thoughts of fear won't even come. At least they won't be as you know, they won't get a stronghold like they will. If you, if you meditate and think on those things, and if you see those things, they're going to be in your mind. Amen? And so we guard our eyes, and we guard our ears. You know, if you don't know all the symptoms of cancer because you hadn't watched all those shows on TV, then when your toe aches, you won't all of a sudden be, a, you know, if you know everything, then you're, the devil can come by with just a symptom he can impersonate the symptom. And he can, and you go, oh God, that's just what I heard on TV last week. Yep, that's the symptom. That's it. Oh, and you know, and then the devil just takes from there and blows it out of proportion. So we don't listen to that stuff. We guard our soul. Amen. We guard our soul. And we just don't let those things come by. We, uh, we just don't get ourselves in the position. Amen. If you don't ever taste liquor, you'll never want any. You know, just don't ever taste it. Now, I know that, there, you know, there are some people that can taste it and one time they want more. There are people that actually have genes that are more prone to addiction than others. And besides, I'll tell you another thing, the curse of the generations is passed down and, and you can, you know, and so if you don't ever smoke cigarette, you won't ever want, you just won't ever want one. I don't know how anybody wants one anyway if they just smell secondary smoke. It smells so horrible. You know, it's like, how could you? But, you know, if you grew up in it, I grew up in two people smoking. I didn't know we stunk like everything at our house. I didn't even know we stunk. But we did, I guess. Because, more they were blowing smoke all around me. You know, all, the, all my life. It is a miracle. It's my grandmother's prayers that I never smoked. Hallelujah. Because I was going in stores buying them for them. They'd give me 50 cents and say, go in the store and buy me a pack of cigarettes. They'd say, light me a cigarette, Debbie, and I'd pick it up and put it in my mouth and light it and hand it to them. I was a little servant girl. 
I was the only child. Go make a pot of coffee. Yeah, yeah. I knew how to make coffee at a young age. Amen. I, I had good parents and they treated me well. But I'm just saying, they, you know, they didn't know. They weren't spiritual at all. They didn't know all that stuff was bad. They didn't know. But you know, I didn't smoke. I didn't. And don't ever smoke and you won't want to smoke. Amen. Hallelujah. Just everything we can guard our soul with. Any way we can guard our soul. Don't ever go pull the slots and you won't want to. I just can't get over the Christians that are in the, they're, they're down at the casinos pulling the slots. You know, the, you, the, the hotel rooms are cheap. And some of them are fancy. Oh, I mean, there is some nice resorts, but there's that casino. And I just won't go there to stay. I mean, I don't care if they're giving the rooms away. And some of them, they practically are because they give you the room. They give you the room nearly so that you'll come because they know you're going to gamble. And they'll tell you, don't kid yourself, you will not win. You will not win. Because look, at, you know all those lights in Vegas? We hadn't been there, we just seen it on TV. All those lights, your money, not your money, but the money, that's what built it. All the money that y'all lost, those people lost, not y'all. Those people lost. That's what built all that, is all the money that people lost. Folks, don't do that. Because you know the nickel bandit? I know, you know, people have told me, well, that little nickel I lost isn't going to hurt anything. No, it's not. Let's just go out in the parking lot and throw nickels because we won't miss them. But, see, it's addictive. You're going to have to put it down. And one thing leads to another. Somebody told me the other day that in casinos, all alcoholic beverages are free. But they charge you $2 if you just drink water. Because they want you drunk. Because the more you drink, the more you gamble. Can y'all, can people not see, I know y'all can, y'all have got light. Can't y'all see this is a trap of the devil? It is a trap. It's a trap. And so we guard ourselves from all of those things. Ooh, hallelujah. I asked the Lord to help me tonight. I'm going places I didn't know I was going. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We know this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, I, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation takes place in the spirit man. You want, you, we've been reconciled to God. Uh, we've been put, we are now new creations and we are in God's class. You are now in God's class of being. You, are, uh, you have eternal zoe, you have eternal life living on the inside of you. Eternal life is not longness of life or longevity of life. Eternal life is a substance. Eternal life is zoe. That word life is zoe. And it's a substance. And you have eternal, this, this, this substance living on the inside of you. It's called aeonius. Eternal is, in the Greek is aeonius. Aeonius zoe living on the inside of you. It is the very life and nature of God living on the inside of you. So we have, there's no reason for us to ever fail. There's no reason for us to ever uh, 
all of that, the only reason we would ever fail or we would ever uh, is because we just don't know that that Ionius Zoe, that eternal life, is, not, is living on the inside of us. You've got all the power of God. You've got all the fullness of God living right on the inside of you. You are full of God Himself. The Bible says you are complete in Christ. You're complete. You're not lacking anything in your spirit, man. You're complete. But like I said, we got to renew our mind, our soul. we got to get it to the outside. See, your soul is the filter. you got all this power on the inside of you, but if it's going through a soul that's all broke down, depressed, discouraged, bitter, uh, angry, afraid, all the emotions that can be see, then then, there, then there's going to be there's something clogging the pipe before it can get to your body, and that's why a lot of times you're having trouble getting healed. That's why Third John two said, "Beloved, I desire above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers." See, if we were prospering according to our spirit, all of us would be Jesus, just like Jesus. Just like Jesus, because see, he had his soul in order. But we have got problems in our soul. We've been rejected. We've been hurt. We've been disappointed. And that's all in our soul. And we got to let the Holy Spirit heal those things. We got, and he's, not, he's a gentleman. He does not press in where we don't want him to go. And so when we're in services, and we, no, I'm not resting my hands. Well, he won't make you. But you just know you're closed up in some ways. And so you need, to, you need to start releasing and you need to start saying, okay, now by faith, I'll raise my hand. And you know, I know when I started out, I went out and I kind of got one hand right here. And then I got two and I kept them. Boy, I kept them by my side. But you know you can get freer and you can lift, you can lift up both hands. And see, you, you may not realize what that's doing, but when, you're, when you are determinedly taking steps to get free, your soul is getting free. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we just take steps to get free of all the bitterness. And you know, so we, one way to get free is to ask Father, say, Father, you know I was hurt, now heal that hurt. I determined, see, pastor's wives can go through a lot of hurt. That people can say ugly things and do ugly things and all those kind of things. But I determined a long time ago I wasn't going to be one of those pastors. I saw a lot of pastor wives that were, man, I tell you, they had problems. And I decided I wasn't going to be one of those pastor's wives with problems. And so what I was going to do is I was just going to, open, I was just going to let the Holy Spirit heal me. And so I can't, I can't stop church members from doing ugly things. And sometimes they're going to. So I got to where I'll just, boy, I tell you, if somebody hurts me, I'll just say, Father, that hurt. Now I'm asking you to heal the hurt. Jesus bore your grief. He carried your sorrow. You don't have to bear this. You don't have to carry it. But sometimes, you know, feeling sorry for yourself feels good. Being mad feels good sometimes. Being angry at people, being bitter at people feels good for a moment, but it puts you in bondage. And it, and it limits your what can come out of your spirit. And so you'll find yourself, a bitter people, will, will, they'll age and they'll get old and they'll get crotchety and they'll get gripey and, 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 cause they're, and they may just be bitter at one person, but you know it'll start spilling over. Hebrews says that beware lest that root of bitterness defile many. It'll start defiling everything. 
First thing you know, it's affecting everything. It's affecting you on the job. Because here you are. Listen, I know, let me tell you, I know this firsthand from experience. I mean, because you people won't listen to you about a month about your old ex-husband and how mean he was and what he did to you and he cheated on you. They'll listen about a month, but after that, they're plumb tired of it. And you'll start defiling every relationship you have because, every, because you know, you're still spewing bitterness. Over those, your exes. We don't have any exes. I wish I'd have thought I could have tricked them. Jerry Wade, my friend in Birmingham, he's, I fell for this three times. He says, uh, my first wife and I used to live in Demopolis. And I go, Jerry, I didn't know you'd been married before. He said, Odell's my first wife. You know, and I fell for it three times. I could have tricked y'all then. I could have said, my first husband and I. Y'all, <laughs> well, this is my first husband, Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I got, had him for 31 years this Thursday. Hallelujah. I caught him. I caught him. He tried to escape, but I caught him. First Peter 2 9. I've told you that he was dating that Church of Christ girl, and then he was dating that atheist. That was a, don't y'all think that had made a good pastor's wife? That atheist girl from California. Hmm. But I caught him. But I caught him. We had a... no. We'd been dating for a while and we broke up so he'd go to college and he dated this atheist girl and... And you know we were, but I, but I was in love. And so Ralph, the Baptist youth director, came to town that summer. In the Baptist church, we hired a youth director just for the summer. And he came to town, and he figured out I was in love with Michael. And so he he told me one night. He said, "Debbie, if you want him, I'll tell you how to get him." You know, I'm I, you know Baptists are worth something, aren't they? Anyway, so. <laughs> and so he told me he did. He told me how to get him, and I did it. And he took the hook. He jumped on the hook. And I've never told him what Ralph told me, but I just dangle this in front of him all the time. <laughs> I told him, I told, Ralph told me how to get him. First, first Peter 2 9, are you there? Did I tell you to go there? I did. <clears throat> so I caught him. And on our wedding day, his mother said, I don't want him back. I don't know why she didn't like him, but that's what she told me. So I ain't getting him back. He says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, when you understand spirit, soul, and body, do y'all see how... I mean, doesn't that make more sense? For you are a chosen generation. Think of it from the spirit man. You are a royal priesthood. Because, I mean, if I look at you, you don't look like royalty. You look just like everybody else down at Walmart. But now in the spirit man, see, we are a royal, we are a royal priesthood. Amen. And we are a holy nation. You know, it's like one. all human beings are alike. No, they're not. No, they're not. Only according to this man. Now, this man, we're all alike. We're just like everybody else down at Walmart. And that's why psychologists, they don't, psychologists don't, don't understand the spirit man. 
and they don't and they don't understand they don't usually know how to solve a problem because the problems are solved the only way you can solve a man's mental and emotional problems is to get him born again now you mask them you can work with them, and you can help him with them, and you can medicate them some, but to get them solved, you've got to get him born again. You've got to get that new man on this I see. So we're a royal nation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. We are peculiar people. We are peculiar to this earth. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We are peculiar to this earth. Do you ever feel like, I feel this way sometimes. I feel like in situations like I just don't fit in. I, I feel that way sometimes. We can go to family, if you enjoy family reunions, back with your old carnal, unbelieving, oh, kin folks, then you don't really live out of this spirit man. Now I'm not saying we don't go to them. There's a certain amount of honor that we need this required, and we go to be a light. But if you go and you say, this is fun. I love listening to all this unbelief, all this, you know, negative. And see, I get uncomfortable when I go. I get, un I, get I feel like I don't belong. Actually, they act like I don't belong. Because see, now Michael and Debbie are different. You know, we don't act the same. We don't, you know, things they think are funny aren't funny to us. And we, you know, and, and so we just sit there while they talk about how much they won in Vegas and how much they lost in Vegas. <laughs> sometimes they won, sometimes they lost. Uh, you know, we just kind of, see, we're peculiar. I, I'm peculiar. But now when I get around you, Oh, I feel comfortable. I feel good. I feel happy. We go, we have holidays with family and we'll sit around eating turkey and dressing. Now we enjoy that part. And, but we'll sit around thinking, oh, wish we could be with the church family. Wish we could be with the saints where we could talk about Jesus. Wish we could sing some. Now, and we like to have fun. We like to play games. We're, you know, we're not talking about, oh, we sit around at our family Christmas and going, kumbaya, my Lord, you know. We don't do that. I mean, we play games. We laugh. We cut up. We, uh, pastor likes to play risk. Uh, and he's very competitive. He likes to win. All right. He likes to play Monopoly. I don't like to play any of those. I like to play faster moving games. I'm too impatient for Monopoly and all that. But anyway, so we're not talking about not having fun. Like to play dominoes, like to play cards, but we're talking about not enjoying the unbelief, not enjoying the, all of those kind of things, not enjoying talking about sin. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And thank God if when we got family that's born again. Amen. Thank God when families of like precious faith. Hallelujah. That's what makes it good. And then we have a good time, don't we? Y'all are looking at me like, whoo, I should have. I could have been pre. I should have started. I could have talked on the Rosicrucians and y'all wouldn't have been looking as strange as me as, as you are now. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 6. Sometimes do you feel uncomfortable at work? You know, because you're a peculiar people. You're a peculiar to this world. 
They don't understand you. They don't understand what makes you tick. They don't, you know, people look at us strange because they'll walk up to wait on us at the table and they'll say, how y'all doing? Oh, we're, we're awesome. We're happy. And they'll like, What's, what happened to y'all today? You know? Because most people, like I said to the lady the other day, how are you? I'm just here. I'm just here. And so that's what they get most of the time. So you're peculiar if you're happy. You're peculiar if you have joy. And you know, that doesn't mean that everything's always going right in our life. If some, we say we're good, we're awesome, God, God's good, when everything in our body's saying, I hurt. We, 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 because see, we know that the inner man can dominate the outer man and any pain be gone. I don't have to have pain. I don't have to have it. Don't have to have I don't have to have depression. I don't have to take those feelings. I don't receive them. I tell them to go in Jesus name. And then I act on my faith. I sing a song. I, you know, you can just without feeling like singing a song, you can sing a song. You know, you can make yourself smile when you don't want to smile. You can make yourself laugh when you don't feel happy. You say, no, I couldn't. Yeah, you can. You just start going, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. See, uh, you know, just, just doing it, even you can, you all of a sudden, let's all just do that together. Instead of reading that scripture, let's just ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Ha 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 come on laugh ha 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 you know brother Hagen tells a story about having pain in his body one night and so he just started, and he started doing that. He just started saying, ha, 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 And he did it and 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 did it until finally the devil talked to him. And the devil said, what are you laughing at? He said, I'm laughing at you, Mr. Devil. And he just started in again. Ha, 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 ha. Ha ha ha. And he said he had alarming symptoms in his body. And he was ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. And he laughed and laughed for about 30 more minutes, just like that. Make just making himself laugh. And the Lord said, and the, not the Lord, the devil said, well, Why are you laughing at me? I'm laughing at you, devil, because I'm healed and you don't know it. Jesus already healed me, and he just ha 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 ha. Did you know his symptoms? He said those symptoms left, and they didn't come back. And it, you know what the symptoms were? Those were those, you remember when he was 17 and on the bed of affliction and uh, those, that five incurable heart ailments and, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and a blood disease and he was paralyzed. It was some of those symptoms that were trying to come back. Now if he had said, oh God, oh God, oh God, I thought you healed me. You know what? He'd probably been dead right then. He'd probably been dead at a young age. But no, he just laughed at the devil. I'm telling you, some of you, that's what you need to do. 
I know some of you got problems. Some of you got hurts in your heart. Some of you have been wounded in relationships. You ought to laugh. You ought to make yourself laugh about it. Why? Not because it's funny? No, because God's good and the devil's a liar. And you're, go and you're going you're to come over. You're going to win in spite of what the devil did. Amen? And that's why you can laugh. Hallelujah. Some of you got symptoms in your body. You can laugh. Hallelujah. Some of you got, uh, uh, fine, boy, you ought to, I think you ought to get your checkbook out right now and laugh at it. I don't care if you've got $1,000 in the bank. That ain't near what God wants you to have. Get your checkbook out and let's laugh at them. No, come on now. Get your checkbook out and laugh at it. If you don't have a checkbook, get your wallet out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's laugh at it. <laughs> I'm going to come get mine. Hallelujah. You know, if the devil says I'm winning, you ought to laugh. If the devil says that what you believe for, it ain't going to happen, you ought to laugh. You ought to make yourself laugh. I tell you, that made me, that made muscles hurt that I ain't used <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo. There's some laughing muscles. We needed to laugh because I hadn't been using my laughing muscles, I can tell. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Well, let's praise God. Woo. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Glory.